Welcome to another exciting episode of The Connected CEO. We appreciate you tuning in and we appreciate you listening. We are excited to be back here as we uh, slowly creep towards our 30th episode, believe it or not, Tom. So that is that is something to be excited about. But uh, appreciate you being with us today, Tom. How are you doing? Doing great, Mike. And yourself? Uh, can't complain. You know, as we move into uh, what many are calling the second half of the year, um, <laughs> we come to this point all the time and we're like, man, how did it go so fast? And how did everything fly by? Um, but I'm really excited to talk about some of the things going on at TLC and obviously the entrepreneurial community at large. Um, you guys have had some exciting things going on. But you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about, Tom, and, and you, you know, this is not your first rodeo. You've been here before. Um, we know we're going into a time where you know a lot of people are maybe a little nervous. You know, we hear the word recession being thrown around and, and a lot of different things. Um, but as entrepreneurs, how do we move into times where things appear to be changing, or, or maybe that narrative is that hey. There may be difficult times ahead. How do you give advice to entrepreneurs? How do you approach that sort of time, if you will? Yeah, you know, and, and you said it, right? We've been, it's not the first rodeo and we've been through recessions previously. Um, the one thing that makes this one perhaps more interesting, and, you know, some people say we're in a recession now. Some people say it's coming quickly. Uh, you know, the stock market has lost well over 20% of its value now in the past several months. Um, and we we can tell that the one thing that is is making this one potentially more diff, more difficult or different is inflation is sky high. And we see it everywhere, right? You know, the price of groceries up over 20%. The price of gas has doubled in the last year. Shipping costs are up. And everybody can tell that. The other thing that's making this one more interesting or more difficult, if you will, is wage inflation. And the fact of the matter is, is that we paid people to sit on the sidelines for, well, almost two years, quite honestly. Yep. People are hesitant to get back in the workforce and businesses have had to raise their wages. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago we were speaking nationally of a $15 an hour potential minimum wage. And I can't go anywhere in any of our states, you know, Texas, New Mexico, Georgia, Iowa, where I don't see signs of people hiring well above $15 an hour for jobs that used to be eight or $9 an hour. And mm -hmm. I think one of the best examples is um, right across the street, we have a Panda Express and their, their wage is $18 an hour to start for people on the serving line. Uh, and you know none of us saw this coming. And so the question is, what do we do, right? Uh, we started talking well, maybe a year ago, maybe a little bit less about potential threats of the organization, right? Uh, everybody knows you have the strengths, weaknesses, et cetera, and our threats were all external in nature. Um, we didn't really understand at the time what all those external threats could, could potentially be, but we started talking about changing our business model. You know, I think we talked in a previous podcast that ultimately we were going to be moving away from an 80 or 90% brick and mortar model to 33% brick and mortar, 33% work from home, and 33% international. And we began to execute that, <clears throat> that uh, new, new business model um, a few months ago. So we closed our Tumwa physical brick and mortar building and we moved all those folks to work from home. We went ahead recently and we shut down, we mothballed, if you will, our Alamogordo, New Mexico location and moved all those people to work from home. 
Um, and speaking of New Mexico, something happened a week or so ago that we didn't see coming, which is the state of New Mexico has decided that spending, instead of us giving one hour of sick leave for every 40 hours work, that that number now becomes 30 hours, right? One hour of sick leave for every 30 hours work. Well, in our Las Cruces site alone, where we have 300 people, that additional expense as we move into 20, the second half of 2022 is $300,000 a year annualized of additional expense. So our Las Cruces lease comes due at the end of the year. And the question becomes that expense combined with the increase minimum wage in 2023 in New Mexico, uh, it looks like we will go ahead and, and most likely uh, not renew that lease and move those folks to work at home as well. So I guess what I'm saying is we were able, based upon our experience previously, 2007 through 2009, back in the 90s when I started my first company, to be looking ahead and really saying the good times aren't going to last forever. There's been a change in the political environment in the United States. We cannot be in a position of responding. We need to be in a position of being proactive in nature and get ahead of what we think might happen. Mm -hmm. And we were smart enough years ago to make sure that we had our leases staggered so that every year one or two leases would come due and we can make a decision. Is that expense, expense that we wish to incur going forward? Or is the business model, the work environment changing so that we can change with it. And we were fortunate enough, you know, to begin to have those conversations a year ago. So I got long-winded with the response, but that's all the stuff really that's kind of going on in the background here. And, you know, it's exciting. Um, yeah. It's really exciting. So, it, it, and, and, and quite honestly, just to, to finalize this point, Mike, um, we believe that as we look forward, that instead of a 33% brick and mortar, 33% work and home, and 33% near shore offshore, we believe the numbers are going to change over the next 12 months to being 20% work, I'm sorry, 20% brick and mortar, and probably 40% work at home, and 40% near shore offshore. And it's the market that's driving that, the how much in wages we have to pay, the fact that people are more comfortable working from home and quite honestly, the fact that the consumer has gotten more comfortable in dealing with people working from home. I love that. And, you know, one of, one of the points you said, it, it is definitely exciting. I think all that change and, and it's a long winded answer because there's a lot going on. Right. I feel like there's a lot happening right now where you can almost feel the shift in the industries all, all throughout. And you mentioned kind of good times. Right. And we know in good times there's stability, there's comfort. You know, usually there's, there, you know, the cash is flowing. You're able to grow. But we know during hard times, that's when innovation happens, right? That's when when the creativity and new ideas. I mean, you know, a lot of the stuff we enjoy now, Uber, a lot of the social media trends, all these things have come out of recession times. What are you seeing as, you know, I know we talked about work from home. What do you think some of the changes that we're going to see are going to come out of this maybe tough time uh, that are going to benefit us when the good times are back again? Yeah, you know, really good question, right? So if I'm a consumer and I continue to see rising prices, at the gas pump, in the grocery store, um, for goods and services that I have to purchase on a regular basis. And I'm one of those individuals that has decided to try and just maintain my lifestyle 
of sitting on the sideline and not working, I don't know how much longer that can go on, right? Um, you know, especially with the wages that are being paid. If I'm a business owner and I have consumer products, some business owners will be able to pass along the price increase to their consumers. Uh, I recently read an article that both AT&T and Verizon are going to be substantially raising their rates for monthly service. Uh, I believe the number was $6 for an individual, $12 for a family. I don't know what that is as a percent, but obviously it's because they are having to pay more for working wages, right? For, for the, more for their, their folks that uh, need to cover their call centers or whatever the case may be. If you're a company such as ours, um, we can't always pass those increases on to our clients. Sometimes we can. Uh, sometimes we can only pass on a portion. So we have to be able to offer our clients other solutions such as a nearshore model in you know, the Caribbean or South America, Central America, or an international model in the Philippines and India and demonstrate to them that we can still fully cover their expectations when it comes to customer interaction while helping them to uh, lower their costs internally, um, you know, and, and uh, it, it's it's tough. It, it's a balancing act, obviously. Yep. You know, and and one of the things too is, um, and you mentioned how you guys are, are making a lot of these changes and have you staggered your lease and different things you guys are able to do. You know, what is it that that allows you guys to be kind of really, you know, a little bit different than other people in the industry, right? You guys, and, and more importantly with this change, you're moving fast you know, maybe being a little more nimble, a little more flexible. How are you guys able to do that? And what is it within the organization? Because I, I have the opportunity to visit a couple of sites. You see that attitude throughout the sites, right? Like you mentioned, we want to service our client. We may not be able to change the cost model, but we want to be able to service them. How do you create that culture in your organization uh, as you continue to grow and expand sites, but more importantly, in work at home as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, keep continuing that culture at work at home, that, that's tricky, right? Um it's not as easy as when people are physically in a building and you can do all the fun things we do, uh, but it, it definitely becomes a culture aspect. And, um, you know, culture in a brick and mortar site is critical as we've discussed in the past. It's about having individuals in the company that don't believe that there's a white ivory tower, folks that started on the phone, folks that can relate to what's taking place to, you know, with frontline uh, employees, um, you know, especially through the through the two years of, of COVID that we really experienced. Not that COVID's gone away, but certainly um, the uh, perhaps the perspective on COVID is, has changed now. Um, that allows everybody to try to lead more of a normal life and business get back to normal. So, <clears throat> you know, and, and I'm going to answer this question maybe a little bit differently, but it's something that's taken place recently that's incredibly humbling. And, you know, we've, we've spoken often in the past about people stepping up uh, at TLC, and, and it's such a humbling experience, whether it's people volunteering in the community, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever the case may be. But we recently had an individual, uh, Joe, uh, who joined our company uh, several months ago, um, on the client services side, and, and Joe lives with his wife and their two young kids in South Carolina. But we had a need as we were expanding rapidly in the Dominican Republic for some additional firepower, if you will. And we didn't ask anybody to do it, but Joe stepped up in May and he said, I'll tell you what, 
you let me take my two kids and my wife to the Dominican Republic for 90 days, I'll go over there and help instill the additional culture that we need, um, you know, additional boots on the ground, if you will. And I've never experienced anything like that where someone says, I'm taking my family for the summer to a third world foreign country because I know that's the job the company needs me to do right now. Blows me away. That's and yet, awesome. He's having fun. He's having, he's sending these videos out of our folks in the Dominican Republic having fun. And I think we're about 600 strong there right now. And we could use another two to 300 people. And I mean, what do you do other than to say thank you, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> There's nothing you can do that. I mean, that that's one of the, that's probably the top three all time commitment wow. that I've ever, ever experienced from someone. So again, kind of a long winded answer. I'm, I'm a little bit all over the board, but no. um, that's the thinking right now. You have to get creative in this environment. Yes. You can't do business as you did it during COVID or even pre COVID. That's just not the way of the world. And how long is this going to last? This might be the new normal. You know, fifteen dollars yeah. an hour might be the minimum wage that people are paying, whether that's the law or not. Um, I've seen some states, some cities, such as Austin, Texas, say, "Well, maybe that number now needs to be twenty dollars an hour or twenty-two dollars an hour." Certainly, there's small business owners that are struggling because they cannot meet that commitment, right? But they'll have to figure out a way to get creative, um, you know, in order to maintain their business. You know, and, and obviously moving to the DR, I think is a pretty good indication of what's going to make a great leader. Um, but, you know, as you're moving into this too, and you're seeing the workforce changing and becoming more diverse. And, and like you said, the different opportunities of work at home and things like that, you know, where, where you guys have, you know, you mentioned kind of the culture in the building, you could see who the leaders were, right? Because they kind of rise to the occasion. How are you identifying leaders now, though, in a remote workforce a little bit more? You know, there, there's less people that are coming to a building, you know, maybe on a Zoom call or a conference call. How are you identifying who the leaders in your organization are uh, and that they have those attributes that maybe normally you would have seen in a building? Well, uh, I'll be bluntly honest uh, with this answer. <clears throat> yeah. You look first at your corporate management team, mm. right? People that I've known for, for many, many years. Are there people, excuse me? Yep, no worries. Are there people that are willing to be adaptable? Or are they of the mindset that they can't change or don't wish to change? And as Jack Welsh said to me many years ago, and he wrote about it in his books, you know. There will be people that are unable or unwilling to adapt to the new normal. And if that's the case, you owe it not only to your organization, but to those individuals to make a change, to let them go somewhere else where they're comfortable doing business or comfortable working. And as a leader, that's a very difficult thing to do, especially when you have the level of in, the number of individuals with the number of years that have been with us. Yeah. But, you know, there's going to be some conversations where I'm going to have to have uh, with individuals, right? Then you have other individuals that are proactively stepping up. Um, I, I have an in, a couple individuals um, in our Southwest region that have proactively asked for additional responsibilities and know that they... 
um, you know, that we will give them the additional responsibility, but they'll have to prove that they can they can get the job done. Right. Uh, we have uh, Nikia who joined our company, um, proved herself in client services, and did a little work in training. Um, and she's now running our El Paso call center, which is our largest site. She asked for the responsibility. She's shown us that there were things we weren't doing as well as she potentially could do it. Um, and she's blown us away. That's awesome. Uh, Vince, who came into our company and did amazing things in Las Cruces, um, you know, he, he has asked for additional responsibility. Uh, we just landed a new a client uh, late last week, a potential of $20 million a year. Um, we've asked Vince to step up and handle a dual role of client services and operations, which is something he did successfully at his previous company, uh, which is a well-known company with a couple very well-known clients, um, uh, name brand clients. Uh, and he said, absolutely, I'll take that uh, for 60 days and I'll handle that. And th- these are folks that have that are coming to us and saying, "I have more to offer than what you're than, than what I'm I'm going to use the word being allowed to do." Yeah. Uh, you know, David McCormick is is going to do a, a presentation tomorrow, um, a strategic presentation on how we move forward from the 250 work at home folks we have today to potentially 1,500 work at home folks by the end of 2023. We're talking 18 months. Uh, I will be interested. I'm intrigued on that presentation because his presentation will tell us, is David the right person to execute that model from 250 people to 1,500 people over 18 months? Or will we need to go outside the company to do so? And if we do, then what's the role for David in the company as the company continues to grow? And you know what I'm saying to you today um, everybody knows that. It's not like it's a secret. It's not like we're talking behind people's back and saying, well, I don't know if he's going to be able to do the job. You know, we're upfront and honest and open with our management team. And, and that's just how we've always done business because we owe it to them, right? As we spoke in the past, there have been a lot of people over the years, um, you know, they've gone back, they've worked hard getting furthering their education. Uh, whether getting an undergrad degree or going on to graduate school. And it got to the point where we said to them, look, it's in your best interest to leave the company now. You can go out with the skills that you and the education and the hard work, and you can do better for yourself and for your company. And there's nothing wrong with having that conversation, yeah. right? Um, you owe it to the, you owe it to your people. I love that. And you never know when they're going to come back and be a leader in another company you might do business with, you know? So that's, you know, we've actually had that happen four or five times. They, um, they, they we, may become a client, you know? We, we have, yes. We have a couple of clients right now that, that were with us uh, previously in my first company. Um, and we've had a couple of clients in the past that, you know, they went, we, we put them through executive MBA school. Uh, they went on to the client side of the world and lo and behold, we got, we, we received business. So yeah, okay. there maybe there's a bit of a hidden agenda there. Yeah. Yeah. They call that planting seeds, right, Tom? Planting <laughs> seeds. So, you know, and you mentioned too the client side and, and you mentioned that you guys work with some rather large brands um, and, and you're not moving away from the human touch. You know, even though you're going from this work at home, it's still about people. It's not about automation. It's not about automated answers. 
It's about speaking with people. Why is that so important for, so, you know, without getting into specifics with the brands themselves, why is that so important to big brands today uh, to have a human for people to interact with when it seems like more and more people are, are not out in the world, but they're sitting at home? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, two things to that point. You know, first of all, if a person answering a client's customer's phone call is a happy person, that comes through to the customer. Yeah. Right. We know that being on the phone is a difficult job. We know people get up on the wrong side of the bed or they had a, a fight with their kids or their or their significant other before they came to work. And and that's going to come through on the phone call. As we move more towards a uh, work at home environment, the structure doesn't change on how you're managing people. Right. You're still 12 individuals to 15 individuals to one supervisor. And whether that supervisor is monitoring calls live in a brick and mortar call center or, um, you know, via remote monitoring, um, you know, with a work at home environment, we're still listening for the same things, right? We can listen to the tone or we can listen. And, and, and if there's someone working from home and we're sensing something's off, you know, we can engage that person between calls on a one-on-one session and just say, hey, you know, everything going okay today, you know, whatever the case may be, and, and give them a little pep talk. The one thing that I will mention as it, as it pertains, I, you mentioned the word automation. I'm going to use a little bit different word and talk about artificial intelligence mm. is that, you know, we're, we are pursuing uh, new tools on the artificial intelligent side of the equation. There are tools out there that can do a lot of the work that used to be done manually or by a person. People can, our auto, uh, excuse me, our uh, artificial intelligence can listen for certain keywords from customers so that we can better understand if we need to, you know, rewrite some responses or focus more on certain features and benefits uh, of, a, of a client's offer or, or product. Um, there's automated tools that we can use listening to our own agents to see if there's ways that we can help them be more successful that we're not necessarily picking up on from a personal monitoring, you know, a person monitoring a call, things of that nature. So, um, you know, the, the, the industry, our industry is, is evolving more rapidly than I've ever seen it right now. But it's fun and it's exciting. And I don't know that, look, we're pretty engaged as a company with our clients, but the team right now seems to be just really, really engaged and excited as, you know, the company continues to grow and we're, and we're, we're embracing the changes necessary to remain at the forefront of the industry. Um, And I'm not certain that all of our competitors are doing that quite honestly. Yep. You know, too, Tom, as, as it is summertime, we know a lot of people are relaxing and enjoying themselves. But as I see, I got to ask, because you're sporting the Iowa shirt. Um, <laughs> so, you know, as as many uh, college students are getting ready, right, to, to maybe, uh, especially in the next few weeks, I know a lot of colleges sometimes open up in July, especially here in the South and in early August. What advice would you give, though, to freshmen coming in, maybe in a business school or entering in saying, hey, man, I, you know, maybe it sounds like it's a crazy workplace, but we know in four years, everything can change. What advice would you give to them coming in? What are the things they should be focusing on and learning as they're they're looking to move into the workplace? Look, the, the, the first thing 
nothing makes a person more successful than hard work. Yeah. And I, I was talking to a, a neighborhood kid of mine a couple of weeks ago. He's a junior. Um, he gets up 630 in the morning because he has swim team practice. He lifeguards during the day. He's making $15 and 82 cents an hour as a junior in high school lifeguarding. And he's making 23 or $24 an hour when he's working overtime. And I'm like, Jack, how many hours a day? He goes, right now I'm up at 630 and I get done about 830 in the, in the evening. Wow. And he's just busting his butt. But that's the first thing, right? Working hard. Um, and, and that goes for everything, whether people yep. are studying or they're in the workplace, um, they're looking to get an internship. It's just all about hard work. Um, you, you can't, you know, you just can't phone it in. And that comes across. Uh, people have fire in the belly. You know, you, you mentioned what advice would I give to people coming into college? Find something you're passionate for, mm-hmm. passionate about, right? If you're, if you're, if you're not passionate about your, what you're, you're studying or what you're getting your education in or the job you're doing, then go do something else. Go study something else. Maybe college isn't for you. Maybe there's a trade. I mean, you know, find what you're passionate about and go do that. Um, you know, I, I, I got a job on the phone in Omaha, Nebraska when I got out of the military because I needed a job and I was in school. I didn't know that my career 32 years later would still be in the world of call centers, right? I thought I was going into marketing or, or something of that nature, but here I am. And the reason isn't because I'm passionate about the world of call centers. The reason is I'm passionate about the people and the clients. And I love getting up and interacting with these folks. And I, and I think I've told you in the past, the day I wake up and say, and look, we all wake up some days and say, yeah. <laughs> I just don't feel like going to work today. But the day I wake up, that happens a few days in a row. A couple days in a row, yeah. The week that happens. And it's so true. I think that that's the great thing. A lot of times, too, uh, we enter college or we enter a job with an expectation of, hey, I need to do this for the most money or this is the most lucrative thing. But but we know that doesn't make us happy. And I think the great thing about today's economy, too, is there's so many opportunities to do the things that make you happy and that you enjoy. And, you know, Tom, speaking of things that make you happy and things you enjoy, any uh, any good concerts coming up this summer? Any good golf courses you're hitting in the next couple of weeks? Oh, boy. You know, um, the, the the concert schedule this summer is almost zero because we're so busy. But yeah. we do have tickets to go see Kenny Chesney at the end of the month. Nice. And, um, you know, we're, we are uh, trying to get out and golf at least once once a week on the weekend. And and um, but that's about it. You know, as I mentioned, uh, we had this potential client come in Friday evening. Um, and we worked all weekend, you know, to get the, get the, uh, get everything in place because we have to start the first training class next week. So wow. we're, we're busy, but, um, yeah. So thanks for asking, but yeah, that's yeah, no, it. I lo- and you know, it comes full circle, right? It's, it's what you said. If you love what you're doing, that's exciting. That comes in on a Friday. It's exciting to be able to go in and put that, that up a little, little bit of hesitation on 4th of July weekend, I'm sure. But, uh, you guys always do a great job of making that happen. And, and Tom, I think this has been an action packed episode, man, full of a, a lot of great tips, uh, a lot of great stuff. So I really appreciate you taking the time out today. Absolutely. Mike, thanks again for, you know, handling our podcast and we'll talk to you next episode. All right. And thanks all of you for listening. For more episodes like this, make sure you visit the connectedceo.com.